Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you for for joining us on the Worst Collabs podcast. And, um, you know, it, it's really just an honor to have great partners with you to join us, you know, and be able to tell us a little bit about what you're up to and what's on, you know, on the road to come. Uh, before we dive in too, too much, you know, and you and I were having like a fun kind of like warm up ahead of this call. Uh, but before we dive in too, too much about like everything that's coming, I'd love to hear in your own words, how would you describe what round 21 is? And, and what is it that you're trying to achieve as a brand? Yes, yeah, so thank you for having me, Alex, on this, this pod. I'm super excited to be here. Um, and kicking it off with, with what is round 21, it, it, it's an interesting question because uh, fundamentally we are a sports lifestyle brand. Um, we're just coming to life in a new way and with a new um, a new brand identity that we think has been missing in the market for uh, a really long time. It feels right for the moment. The fundamental thesis is that we've been sort of as a society celebrating team first mentality in sports for uh, decades now. And culturally there's a moment right now, which we think is kind of a, a go forward moment where it's we've 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 come around to celebrating individuality expression one's own identity uh even on the field of sports in competitive both competitively and just recreationally everybody athletes fans are more comfortable and even demanding uh comfort with coming to the field being themselves mm. and embracing who they are Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, as our founder Jasmine says all the time, it's shifted a bit from uh, the name on the front of the jersey, the team, to the name on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that, it, you know, in, in the NBA, there's the NBA, is, you know, kind of the most forward league culturally, I think. Um, so it's been in motion for a long time. Mm-hmm. But fans celebrate individual athletes even more than teams, right? I am totally a LeBron fan, but yeah. I couldn't care less whether he's on the Lakers or the Cavs or whatever. <laughs> um, and then, you know, walking through the tunnel, like that's their mm-hmm. moment of being themselves. Right. Uh, and then with the social justice movements and the, these positive changes that have occurred in the last two years, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's this fantastic uh, evolution of, from athletes you know, being shut up and dribble was at least a, a portion of the population, an okay thing to suggest mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I think almost universally, that's like a crazy proposition, right? Athletes are spokespeople for important causes. They're business people, they're mm-hmm. family men and family women. Um, mm-hmm. And so this has been a real societal shift and around 21 is trying to be a brand that fits within that context mm-hmm. uh, and is built within that context. Wild. There, that's that's a lot, and and really I appreciate you like helping to break that down. I can definitely think back to like the '90s Bulls, right? Uh, you could think about Michael Jordan and his Air Force Ones, uh, and you could think about Dennis Rodman and his hair, and and these these people that were like really that some of the first I think to really break the mold outside of their play style, but just also in the way that they present themselves, right, and the way they carry themselves, yeah. And, and having that personal brand about themselves, Absolutely. right? 
Yeah, I think that that resonates and that clicks a lot. And I and I really love that that spotlight that you all are bringing on, especially social justice and this ability to say that yes, uh, athleticism and and peak performance can have virtue outside of the court, right? That that there is that there is something that carries through the rest of society, and uh, and I think it's so very positive to see that round twenty one is a part of that. Yeah, thank you. That's what we're that's what we're hoping to do. It's the beginning of the journey, mm-hmm. but um, we're making some some great progress so far. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, in this journey, right, uh, you've had a, a number of collabs that uh, that have worked, right? You you have a number of different sports items that uh, people can show up on your site, and uh, if they possess the appropriate NFT, then then they can have access to purchase a like really kind of customized item just for them. Right. Um, so in the past you'd done the, the Basie basketball, right. Uh, and then just this very last week you had another collab with RumbleCon league. Um, I'm kind of curious if you could tell me a little bit, uh, about how those collabs have gone for you. And, and then specifically if we could talk about like the RumbleCon league drop kind of like soup to nuts, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, uh, the collabs and the NFT collabs has been a really fun piece of our business. As you mentioned, it started with the Board API Club basketball that we did last year, last summer, which was a hit. And that, that really set the stage. So as you mentioned, kind of the, the model there is we'll collaborate on an NFT for an existing NFT community and then partner in designing a physical product, which is only accessible to uh, that NFT community. And we'll, we'll token gate the purchase so that you need to own the NFT to be able to buy the physical product. And it's a really cool way uh, for communities to engage their or community managers to engage their communities. Um, it becomes a token of a physical token of an I was there when, uh, you know, merch you obviously can wear wherever you go, the mm-hmm. basketballs, I've got one of the four eight basketballs behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid to take it out, but that's what I do. Uh, we can, if you show up to the court with that, that's, that's now saying something about who you are and who you identify with, mm-hmm. you know, online and, you know, in this NFT world, but in the physical world. So, um, so far in the NFT space, there have been sort of limited ways of doing that. It's really mm-hmm. come across through, you know, black hoodies has been the primary means of communicating you're a part of an NFT community in the, in the physical world. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're trying to break the mold a little bit and do things a little bit differently. So if you show up with the board eight basketball, uh, which would be a bold thing to do on, on a, at a public court, like people know that, you know, that you're part of this exclusive club. Um, mm-hmm. And so we did that with board apes. We did that with smiles. We've done that. We just did that with rumble Kong, which is, each of these has been a really cool process. Mm-hmm. Each time we try to step it up a little bit more, right? The first one, the first NFT airdrop that we did for the board apes was uh, an animated GIF of the ball design rotating mm-hmm. and bouncing. Then with smiles, we were like, oh, let's do a cool one with uh, actually a 3D file mm. for everybody of the smiles guy dunking the ball, yeah. a, a ball. Um, and that was cool. And then for the RumbleCon one, we were like, how do we keep kind of doing something a little bit cooler every time? 
And for Rumble Kongs, we said, oh, we, sh- we have to do one of ones, which is mm. uh, both really cool and the biggest pain in the ass uh, ever, maybe. <laughs> but we had to do, we were uncompromising in our uh, desire to do something that really stepped up and would be accepted by the community and celebrated by the community. Mm. So uh, months and months later, we finally got the drop done and we're really stoked about it. Yeah. Yeah, this has been like a long time coming. It's not just like this, like, you know, flip a switch, one and done thing. You put a lot of love and care and attention into this. And and I would love for you to, if you're comfortable, I'd love for you to share some of the uh, the pains and learning process along that way, right? Because this was a really technical advent, uh, endeavor, soup to nuts, right? Um, I'd love yeah. to hear, especially about like the challenges, you know, what it, what was it that, was unique about this that was like really giving you fits? Yeah. Well, so the, uh, there were a number of pieces of this project, which were, which were challenging when we, when we broke it down. One thing that wasn't that challenging or that we, we know was challenging, but we had full confidence in is like the web three execution airdrop side, because we had you guys as partners. I'll be totally honest. The worst team has been amazing. I had full confidence uh, in that side of the, um, that side of the execution. The concept for this drop was to create a digital twin basketball for every original RumbleCon. So if your RumbleCon has, um, you know, vibe glasses on, is bubblegum blowing or blowing bubblegum, has a king crown and uh, red fur, we wanted to re- reflect that on the basketball. So we. Mm-hmm had this digital asset and we wanted the top two panels to be the head trait. Mm. We wanted the back two panels to be the fur trait. Mm. We wanted the bottom two panels to be the clothes trait. We wanted the logos to be the eyes traits, mm-hmm. which could be modified with eye, head accessories would override the eyes traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, this like season one text, to be reflective of the mouth traits. Mm. So we've got 10,000 different Kongs that we had to do this for. So we Mm -hmm. needed to systematically obviously identify the traits, recreate the art because the art, the original art is, um, was not a vector file with like a large expansive pattern. It was like, Oh, they animated the, the teeth, the diamond teeth are just, truly like a PNG of diamond teeth. Yep. So we need this to be sort of blown out into a larger pattern. Mm-hmm. So we had an artist recreate every single trait into like a basketball panel compatible uh, version. Wow. Uh, and that which, I mean, kudos, kudos, Craig White, kudos, man. He, is, he was an amazing partner and rolled with the punches a million times. Mm. As we got new UV maps and had to re-opti- had to re-optimize where the panels would actually show up or where mm. the images would actually show up on the panels, we did we did a hundred inter- iterations on that, mm. um, and Craig was amazing. We needed to sort of obviously do this systematically this trait association between mm-hmm. original trait and corresponding material for mm. the digital basketball. Mm-hmm. So Jasmine DM'd. Fancy Rats, that, uh, he's, he's the best, Dave, Dave, aka Fancy Rats, is amazing. 
he had done this on a personal project of his own before with using board apes as uh-huh. the origin. Um, so we knew he could do it. So we did that piece. Then we worked with our partner Swatchbook on uh, actually making the 10,000 unique 3D files. And they were amazing partners as well. Mm. Um, and then we had to process all of them into GLBs systematically uh, so that we could digest them or upload them to IPFS mm-hmm. in a way that was, uh, wouldn't consume too much, uh, too much storage space. So all of this was done. It was, I mean, it was totally specialized silos working closely together mm. uh, over the course of months and months and months doing iterations, encountering technical challenges and overcoming them. Uh, but we're really happy with the product. Man, that's really fantastic. I, there, there's so much to tease out of there. Um, but really, I think, first of all, thank you for, you know, saying that you had confidence in us. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, the idea of how much of an orchestration it is to to bring this idea to life. And it wasn't this simple kind of like you're going to dip the basketball and, you know, and have it like be, you know, vi- you know, image transferred quite that simplistically. There's so many moving parts that you had to keep orchestrated and, and on on point just to bring it up to this drop that happened last week. You know, uh, it's really fantastic. There was two terms that you brought up that um, I would love to just kind of like bring, you know, every now and again, it's, it's good to have like kind of a glossary. Right. Um, so and they were both acronyms. So one of them you said was GLB. And the other one you said was IPFS. And so I wanted to break it down just in case we have folks who are like a little bit less technical. Um, what is a GLB? Uh, G, so just so everyone should feel comfortable, I had no idea, no idea what this was before this project. Uh, but a GLB is, is a file type. I think it's a reasonably compressed and efficient uh, 3D file type. Mm. Um, so it, it, yeah, I think of like having a relatively complex and well-textured 3D file. Mm-hmm be instead of the original one being a hundred and something megabytes be like one. Mm. Um, so it does a really efficient job of representing it. That's awesome. And then IPFS is, what is it? Interplanetary file storage In, file system, but yes, interplanetary, interplanetary file system. File system. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the storage system. How, how most NFTs are, um, are represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, sort of instead of navigating or referencing a URL, like a website URL, it'll reference uh, an IPFS hash, which is a hash of the file itself. Mm-hmm. So if you made a little tweak to the file and re-uploaded it, it would get an entirely new hash. Mm-hmm. So the hash is very specific to the one, to, to the exact underlying file. And it's stored in a somewhat, at least somewhat distributed manner. Mm-hmm. which is a little bit understood to be a more uh, resilient and conventional uh, storage method. A- absolutely. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, so IPFS is a distributed file system, and, and it works kind of the way that uh, your web browser does, that when you go and visit web pages, if you visit them often enough, they actually keep a copy of the typical images of that website just there on your like laptop. And IPFS does a similar kind of thing that if you go and look at particular files on IPFS on a regular basis, it keeps a what we would call a cached copy locally on your own machine. And um, and just like you said, there there are these very unique 
hashes, or you could think of them as like a digital signature that are absolutely down to like the zeros and ones unique for every single one of these files. So what the way that it works out and what's really clever about it is anybody who makes a, a request to IPFS and says, hey, um, can I get this particular signature? It will look around and it'll say, hey, who has that particular signature? And if anybody does, they can all participate in sending bits and pieces of it. And then that file gets recreated. Then it gets double checked because that hash is a thing that you can do on your own machine pretty quickly as well. You can double check the signature and say, yeah, the signature matches. Okay. Then nobody sent me like the wrong information. They're not trying to hack me or this kind of stuff. So it's really secure. It's pretty darn robust as long as other people are looking at that file or you've worked with a service like Pinata or uh, Filecoin or these kind of things to like persist storage. Um, what's really important about it is exactly that nature that no one person has full control over that file and, and it can stay up forever. So we're used to seeing things elsewhere on the internet where if you have it in a folder, like think of your typical online storage systems, the person who controls that folder can delete that file and then you don't really have access to it anymore unless you've saved it to your own machine locally. With IPFS, as long as anybody has a copy of that file, they'll, there will remain access forever. And that's really important in the NFT space because people who are, you know, buying JPEGs as as the broader community likes to joke about it, uh, they want to make sure that there is a persistence to it, that nobody can just come in and like delete the JPEG, so to speak. Um, you want to make sure that you have access to it forever. And that's why IPFS has really emerged as this like core technology for for anybody who's building and creating NFTs. Um, there's a handful of exceptional cases. I think Pirates of ETH, they don't store their images uh, or they don't use a, a conventional method to for their metadata storage. And so that allows them to, to update images on the fly. But there's nothing persistent about that. And so um, they're doing that for the purposes of a game that they're playing. There's like this online game. But yeah, uh, for most people, when you buy it, you have traits. You want the image to represent the traits. And so that's why folks stick with IPFS. So hopefully that wasn't like too, too nerdy. I just wanted to kind of take a moment and break it down because I feel like that's that's something that underpins a lot of the work that we all do. And uh, so thanks for, for playing glossary with me for a little bit there. Of course, that's, that's what this is all about. I mean, the NFT space in general is moving so quickly and new things are happening all the time. And there's like, because it's moving so quickly and it's pretty young, there's such a, an opportunity to jump in and be, like get to a level of reasonable knowledge mm. really quickly, like much more quickly than in many other sort of established technical fields. So mm -hmm. um, I think it is important to do that. Yeah. Um, one other thing that you did that was unique for the Rumble Kong League uh, drop was you had actually airdropped a, an access token, right? Like this was this was something that's unique as well. That yes, people already have the Rumble Kong League NFT, but then you did an airdrop to them that's like their access token to come in and like purchase the basketball, right? That's exactly right. And that this is part of the model that we've done when we when round twenty one does this community partnership 
mm-hmm. via NFTs model. We like to airdrop um, an NFT that is itself the access code, even if there's, you know, the physical product and such token gating happens soon after the airdrop. So the, the sort of the list of people that would have access doesn't change materially. Mm-hmm. We like to separate the two things so that one, it allows for trading to get into it if someone wants, who is not a part of the, doesn't own a Rumble Kong because they don't, you know, want to spend a couple thousand bucks on it, mm-hmm. uh, but are interested in buying the basketball. We want people to be able to trade into to being a part of the community mm-hmm. uh, in a more cheap way. And then also we tend to like to do multiple drops and then have this be a bit of a merch token going forward. So it'll, mm-hmm. it'll mean something in the future and not just as a one-off. Um, but it, it, yeah, so then, and then partnering with you guys on executing the token gating has been totally smooth. And um, it's a really, really fun way of, of commerce. Mm. Uh, and I think it'll be much more common in the future than most people think. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's working out. I really appreciate it. I think the, the thing that I see about it as well is that you're able to build a unique and individual relationship with those folks that's independent of the NFT proper, right? So if somebody owns a Rumble Kong League this year, but then they sell it next year, they could still possess that token that you airdropped to them and, and they can still maintain a relationship with you. And, and I think that there's something to be said about that uh, especially as we think about the future of brands and relationships with their customers in web three, it's, it's like a really unique challenge, right? That you're not collecting emails, passwords, phone numbers, so this kind of stuff. So how do you build those relationships with individuals? This feels very strategic in some respects about like the, that way to sit, to say like, yes, we have our own unique way of connecting with our, with our client base. And, uh, and I'm kind of curious, do you think, that we'll see more of that where folks are, you know, doing more airdrops or, or more proactively distributing NFTs as a part of relationship building with customers. I think so. Uh, I, I think it's going to be, well, I think so. Uh, we're in a phase where most people don't have wallets. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are confused by being asked for their web three wallets. It's a really, really hard onboarding process. Um, we've at Round 21 have experimented with a lot of different ways of getting people NFT Round 21 NFTs for this exact purpose that you said, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great way to build a relationship with uh, customers in a kind of continuous way. We've done in real life events where we give kind of let people mint um, mint an NFT for having been there, similar to a POAP. Mm-hmm. We do delivery of NFTs with physical products sometimes. So it'll arrive with a card that has uh, effectively a private key access to um, a wallet with an NFT and and a web app that allows you to transfer it out to your own wallet, Mm -hmm. which has been a really fun piece as well, which you guys helped helped build. Um, And then we, we obviously do this airdrop method. A lot of people, it's for a lot of people, this is really exciting each time they get it. For a lot of people, they couldn't, could not care less um, because they just wanted the product. Mm-hmm. They don't know what an NFT is. They don't care what an NFT is, or they even feel negatively about NFTs mm. uh, because of a, a lot of the press around, um, 
you know, greenhouse gas emissions of the Bitcoin network, et cetera. Um, But I think with time, there is, NFTs really are an incredible tool. Mm -hmm. There are many different uses of this tool uh, that are superior to, many of them are superior to the current way that things are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for building relationships with customers, I think they definitely have a role for authenticating physical product. They definitely have a role. I mean, we see this with, I mean, we do it, Nike does it, Artifact does it, Adidas is doing it, Gucci is doing it, a lot mm-hmm. of the LV, um, the Louis Vuitton brands are doing it or have mm-hmm. plans to do it. Uh, and I mean, talk about a great way of retaining customers. If you buy your Gucci bag with an NFC chip that links to an NFT that authenticates it. Um, and then, right. then you, Gucci has a, has a means that you're part of the Gucci community. They can shuttle you through into other Gucci experiences. They're only for verified holders of the product. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's kind of a brand stream. So absolutely, that's, exactly what we're working on we think nfts have a really big place in the future mm. going to be a windy road to get there but mm-hmm. uh we're excited about it and happy to ha- we're really excited about being part of building it yeah around 21 well i we're super excited to keep on building with you i gotta say like the projects that we've been able to build together i feel have been really great like forays into nfts and helping to push some of the boundaries of what people would expect and uh you know i'm I'm just super stoked that we get to do that together yeah we are too we couldn't have had better partners so Mm -hmm. uh could you tell me a little bit speaking of like the road ahead what's in store for round 21. oh boy we've got so much stuff coming up it's nuts it's really nuts but we're really excited about it uh we've got our hallmark nft program coming up Mm-hmm. which we're, is our sort of our membership program, not sort of, it is our membership program. We've been, we have been thinking about the right way to build it for the last almost year or pretty much a year mm-hmm. um, because it didn't feel right up until it now actually feels like the right moment for it even. And in fact, because the market has cooled off, uh, cooled off a bit. Yeah. We want this NFT program to not be, something about hype and making money by owning, by getting access and then selling it to someone else. Mm-hmm. We want to have it be a part of the round 21 growth story and community and community building strategy. So mm-hmm. we've got what we're calling the select path coming up. We'll mint it. It'll go up for mint in, you know, really soon at the end of August, early September. Mm-hmm. Um, allow list only and this is the, the objective of this is to get this core community of round 21 uh contributors and fans uh, all in the same place all with sort of exciting activations in real life digitally with product with experiences um and at a manageable size that we can then continue to grow and expand the community at mm-hmm. a regulated rate because we're building round 21 and this NFT program serves us for the longer term. And the last thing we want is for some big hype and then sort of a, a, a drop. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just want sort of a consistent, uh, uh, 
consistent positive slope in community growth and engagement. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is our big NFT thing next. We've got a million partnerships as well. Um, and we're coming to life digitally and physically and sort of in hybrids with AR in a lot of different ways over the next uh, six months. Nice, nice. I'm I'm super looking forward to to this drop that's coming up for you. It should be like you said, uh, end of August, early September. Uh, I think that that's going to be really fantastic. And you know, one thing that I super appreciate is exactly as you said it. You know that it's not about the hype. You're you're looking at this, and we kind of talked about this, you know, just in the warm up to this call about the technolo- technological appropriateness. Right. Like putting using using these technologies for the right things. And I feel like that's something that that you and Jasmine and the rest of the crew at Round 21 really have in their hearts is understanding the appropriateness of the technology. Not that it like overwhelms, but it's it's in just the right spot. And uh, and I just really, really appreciate your approach to all this. I think it makes a ton of sense. And uh, we're looking forward to being part of that journey. And of course, all your partnerships to come. That's so sweet of you to say. We we're really excited by it, and couldn't agree more. I mean, there there's like there there are places for using technology for the sake of technology, and that's actually really those are places are really important for advancing the ecosystem and experimenting. Around twenty one, that's not that's not really. We don't want to do anything that's confusing or introduces unnecessary hurdles. We want to have it mm-hmm. be a good consumer experience enabled by technology. So totally. Cool. Um, well, I'd say before we hit the road here, do you have any other things you'd love to share with the outside world? Anything you'd like to hype or, you know, this, this is the appropriate time to hype. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to make sure folks are aware of? Uh, well, she'll select that, but head to, head to follow us on our socials that covers everything. Um, that's where we do our announcements mm-hmm. at we are round 21 is our Twitter. Um, we obviously have a discord, which we're building. Mm-hmm. And our select pass applications, they're live. We'll be doing rolling admissions. There's an interview component. To be honest, the interview component is like just a demonstration of, of sincere interest. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're so excited. Even just hearing about round 21 means you're contributing to the brand. Uh, we appreciate uh, you guys taking this journey with us. This is, uh, and worst of two, this is, supposed to be kind of a reflection of a larger cultural shift um, and whatever we can do to help advance this we think it's important and are really excited by it so thank you for thank you Alex for having me on on this podcast and taking the time and Worcester for being amazing partners and uh, we're so excited about what we're building uh, likewise thank you Tom and yeah just once again uh, for folks to find you, you're on Twitter. It's at, at we are round 21. So That's yeah, right. this is really fantastic, Tom. Thank you so much for this. And uh, I'll see you online. Beautiful. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Bye.